day two gems are what we're talking about today and how the Calvin Ridley deal affects who they get on day two. We'll talk about it here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining me, Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, where it's your team every day. And we always thank you for making us your first listen. A quick reminder, we're free to subscribe to on our YouTube page. Make sure you tap into the YouTube page, hit the like button, subscribe, and then hit the bell so you receive notifications each and every time we drop an episode. Also, wherever you listen to audio podcasts, make sure you tap into that location every single day so that you don't miss an episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And shout out to the everydayers for joining us every day. You can be an everydayer. All you got to do is say it. Join us every single day. All right, today... We're going to talk about day two players I love. Uh, believe it or not, day two is my favorite day of the NFL draft. And that's because there are a lot of players on day two that are real close to being day one players. And a lot of them may be more talented than people that are picked in day one. But as I always say, the, ja- the draft is about prospect. And in the word prospect, you'll find, you'll find a word that says likely. I always read this definition out when I talk about what prospects are and why teams make uh, the picks that they make. So why not? I'll do it again. I'm going to define prospect in English. All right. The possibility or likelihood of some future event occurring. That's the first thing that pops up when you start talking about prospects. And that's how the NFL views the draft. It's about the likelihood. Not like the likelihood that they'll be good tomorrow or year one. It's the likelihood that they'll have long-term success and the possibility. And it's based on a whole bunch of things. Body of work gives you evidence of it. What they project to do. What they're going to do when when they have NFL coaching. So sometimes you see guys that are picked higher. And you even see this in high school recruiting where a dude will have a five-star rating because of what they project his ceiling is going to be like, not basically what he is right now. A lot of a lot of dudes are 17 or 18. They're better than everybody else in high school because if you saw them when they were eight, they already had a mustache, right? But what happens is they hit their ceiling and other guys kind of keep going, going, going. And then the dude that used to be the best when he was 13, he's not like that anymore when they're 28. In fact, He's the, the dude that always talking about what he used to do, what he used to do to everybody, but he can't do it now. Right. So the word prospect, that's what that means. So a lot of times some, some people fall to day two because there's something missing, like they're not tall enough. The arms are a little bit short or it's just a misread. And sometimes, uh, you know, those guys are overachievers as well because you thought that they were going to be day three guys. And then they they're day two guys because they show up. And they're better than you thought they were and may have played at lower competition. So what we're going to talk about is day two players I love for the Jaguars. We're going to focus on two players. It's Christian Haynes, the center guard, center slash guard. And that should tell you why I'm so high on him because of his versatility. He's from UConn. 
who played at the Senior Bowl and did his thing. And then Dwayne Carter. Hey, Mr. Carter, the dude, by the way, that's Jay-Z and Lil Wayne's last name, right? So that's where I get that from. Hey, Mr. Carter. I think that was on the Carter Four. But in any event, the reason why I'm, I'm bringing those two guys up because they would provide something very, very important that the Jaguars absolutely need. So we'll talk about both of those guys. Calvin Ridley deal. Why does the Calvin Ridley deal affect this? Because day two is round two and three. And right now there's a little bit of confusion as to where Calvin Ridley, uh, what that deal uh, meant when the Jaguars traded last year for Calvin Ridley at the trade deadline. There was a conditional draft pick. It's going to void the Jaguars from having two selections. That's without compensatory picks, by the way, unless the Jaguars make a trade. Right now, they're either going to be missing their third, which is the most likely scenario, or their second. So I'll go through that because there's a lot of confusion about that deal. But I'm going to also tell you why I believe that this is a choice for the Jaguars and not. It's not necessarily something that, what do they call it, a no-brainer? No, yeah, it is a brainer. You have to make the decision between what I call sunken cost and what it'll cost to keep something. So I'll explain that to you as best I can. But it has a profound effect on this year's draft because day two, in my opinion, is where the gold is, right? That's where the gold is. One, you, you can get a real good player who should have been playing, who should have been a day one guy. He'll give you day one production. It's going to get him at an exponentially cheaper price. That's why the Calvin Ridley deal also, there's an effect on why you do it and, and if you do it and when you do it. So we'll make sure we go through all of that and discuss it. But so many good players and the Jaguars have so many needs and most of those needs can be addressed in day two and some in day three. Why is that so important? You might think it's not important for a GM that only has a track record of hitting on his first round picks. And I understand that if you're Jaguar fans, but I have constantly said that that's a whole different argument. That means that dude shouldn't be there if, if he can't hit on the rest of these picks. You have no faith in your GM to hit on anything outside of the obvious, then that's a problem. But we're here. We're here, and we have to hope that this isn't a singular decision and that Trent Baalke at some point does hit on more of these picks. They did it in year one. They didn't do it in year two, and they haven't yet done it in year three. Well, they didn't do it in year three, even though those picks are still – those guys still have a chance. How can they be more efficient and hit on more picks late? Well, the first thing is to diagnose who can play and who can't. And we always talk about getting to where need meets talent on the draft board. If Dwayne Carter and Christian Haynes are both there in the second round at pick 48, I have my doubts. Now, if you look at these big boards, and I'm going to use one later on, I'm going to use the PFF big board to make a point about the, the really compensation they will be. Well, I think one of them will be. I think Christian Haynes is is probably gone, but Dwayne Carter, if you ask NFL scouts, and if you ask, um, and I haven't asked them, but I'm saying if you will, I'm just so confident in what I think they'll say. Um, I think both of these players are, are, are guys that are going to be immediate help and long-term help for the Jaguars. The reason why I think it's so important, one guy, and Haynes is really, really versatile. Dwayne Carter, on the other hand, is just a big physical pass rushing, pass eating, and defensive lineman. You can you can pick a defensive lineman day two and have him not start because they rotate. It's not so much with a day two pick on the offensive line because they don't rotate unless it's injury. All right, for the most part. 
So a, a really good backup offensive lineman who has starter capability is a convenience. A backup defensive lineman with starting capability is not just a convenience. He's a convenience and it's a luxury. So uh, that's why. So I'll talk more about both of those players, where they could fit in with the Jaguars. And then what I'll do after that is explain why in a perfect world, the Jaguars would have been able to get both of them. But in the world that we live in, they won't because they made a deal already for Calvin Ridley. So we'll make sure that we go over that and we'll make sure that we do it in just a second here and starting in segment two on Locked on Jaguars. First, I got to let you guys knew about FanDuel. That's right, man. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I hope y'all picked the East last night in the All-Star game in the NBA because the, the lineup said one thing. But that's the thing. You get you got a better deal if you took the East and they absolutely won a game where people played no defense. But right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. You could have done that last night had you bet on FanDuel. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, running it down here on Locked On Jaguars, where it's your team every day. We always thank you for making us your first listen. I got to let you know also that Locked On has launched the first ever, when I say the first ever, I mean it, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available in the Fire TV channels app. All right. So let's get right down to it. What do I like about Christian Haynes? Something told me uh, during the season, Christian Haynes from Utah. I mean, I'm sorry, from UConn. He's he's a little bit under 6'3", uh, over 310 pounds, played right guard, but also could double up as a center. I wondered that during the season. So let me first tell you why I really started paying attention to him, because as I started at some point before Christmas, I started going through these draft prospects, right? And not just the obvious. I took a look, obvious ones. I took a little bit of a deeper dive. And when I got to, to the offensive lineman, especially the interior offensive lineman, I saw Christian Haynes and I saw his measurables and I said, not bonky. And so this is where I hope Trent kind of curves off a little bit from, and you saw it a little bit last year when he took uh, Yasir Abdullah in the fifth round. But this is a little different because this is a higher pick. I was saying I hope he curves that a little bit and realizes, you know, and looks at a guy like Jason Kelsey and says, well, that guy doesn't fit either, but we would have loved to have him. That's, you know, the old uh, soon-to-be Hall of Famer, first ballot type Hall of Famer that played for Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. And I realized that guys from UConn have had a lot of success, right? in the NFL when it comes uh, to offensive line play. Look no further than in Dallas. They got a real good one over there. You know, so there's a lot of 
really, really good player. I don't think he's in Dallas. That's the guy from Tulsa. But there have been a lot of guys from places like UConn and Tulsa that have have played really, really good football. I've been paying paying attention since UConn, since Randy Etzel was the coach. So the thing that attracted me to him was when I watched the film is how he moved and turned, how he was able to get up, get leverage, and turn. And I watched – some tape from when they played bigger schools and he could have very well been on the other side of the ball and, and been one of the best players on the field. And I wondered out loud. Uh, I remember Damian Parson answered it. I think Jordan DeLugo answered it where they, when I put, I say, can Christian Haynes play center? And guys respond. So Christian Haynes eventually got invited to Mobile. Shout out to the senior bowl and uh, Jim Nagy, and immediately established his presence on day one. Matter of fact, had, had John, uh, the kid from, I think, Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Jefferson, or the Jefferson kid from LSU, pissed him off that the dude started fighting him after a play, and he says, if you're scared, go to church. That's what Christian Haynes said. He didn't swing back. He just told him, you're scared, go to church. And immediately uh, he went, because now he's trolling, and it, it went up on my radar. What actually also attracted to me him was something that the Jaguars value is scheme versatility and positional versatility on the offensive line. Haynes moved over to center, and guess what? Started dominating there too, right? So I'm thinking like, whoa. Now I want him to be quiet, a little quiet because now I see a guy I thought was a third or fourth round pick that is knocking on the door being a late first round pick, second round pick. At center, he reminds me of Rodney Hudson. That's how he's built. I don't know if his arms are as long as Hudson's or whatever, but Rodney Hudson is going to be a Hall of Famer as well. The, the best two centers over the last 15 years in the NFL have probably been Rodney Hudson and Jason Kelsey, and they're both guys that you would think are undersized. So I'm sitting there looking like I'm not, I don't want them to draft him because he is similar to them. I want them to draft him because in spite of, of his lack of traits and measurables based on the bulky scale, he's just like them in, in my opinion. I love Christian Haynes, and he's shown that he is way, way higher, uh, should be way higher on the board than a lot of people. You just have to hope one of those playoff teams just don't snatch him up at the end of the first round. He might be too much of a luxury for a bad team uh, at the top of the second round because they have so much need, so many needs. Like Carolina got to find a receiver from somewhere, and they need two. So even if they get one of free agency, they'll probably need another one. But a team that's not starved, a team like Pittsburgh scares me because, hey, man, we ain't star. They're a playoff team. We ain't star. We, they need a quarterback, but you ain't going to find them where they're picking. And they might go, you know what? We keep having all of these great centers over the years, whether it's Damani Dawson, or Mike Webster, then Damani Dawson, and then eventually Pouncey. It's like Pittsburgh is the center. Uh, they're the centers where Green Bay are the quarterbacks. It's like they've always had one. You can name like three Hall of Famers in your lifetime. They, they always had. So why not get another one? And he's short just like uh, those guys were. So I'm scared that some team is going to find him. Let's get to Dwayne Carter. I'm not talking about Lil Wayne. That's Lil Wayne's name. Who everybody wants to be a part of the Super Bowl festivities next year. I'm talking about Dwayne Carter, this human wrecking ball up at Duke at 6'3". Right around 6'3-ish, I, I, I like to see where he's measured. Maybe 3'10", 3'15". I noticed on tape, uh, one, I, I was I looked because I was watching. I was actually watching other people. But then I know Mike Elko is this dude that, by trade, the head coach at Duke, who's now the head coach at Texas A&M, is a defensive line guru, right? 
And I'm saying, okay, so let me follow the coaching. And I noticed that all of these guys from Duke were getting all of this love in the transfer portal. And the Duke players, the Duke all defensive line was very good last year against FSU. So I went back and I started watching and I'm like, damn, this dude can play. And I started to go through and find him on the list. He was considered a day three pick. I didn't see day three on tape. So once again, I kind of put it out there. Damn, Dwayne Carter. And just like I thought, some of my friends in the industry going, I'm talking about D-tackle at Duke. And they, and it's like, we know. I'm not telling you I'm the one that introduced it, but to get that affirmation and confirmation from people that you respect, they're going, you're talking about the guy from Duke, right? Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. He goes to the Senior Bowl in Mobile, and he does the same thing. He starts wiping people out. But he surprised me with something. He's not just a space eater. He's not just a dude that can play the run. The dude is explosive and can actually create pressure up the middle. How important is it for uh, these guys to be able to create pressure up the middle without having people blitzing up the eight gap and sending extra folks and having and, and having the the having the ability to give up a big play because you're trying to create something? You need guys that can create something without doing that. And he fits. So when we're talking about needs here for Jacksonville, and this is what I keep telling people about not reaching in the first round for a need, I would take those two guys or one of those two guys in the second round and consider them somebody that can help this team right away at that price for the next four years. I think they're going to play. I think they're going to play early. Dwayne Carter, in my opinion, is better than Keanu Benton, who they consider a future star up in Pittsburgh. I think he's a better player. I really, really do. Keanu Benton is going to be in Pittsburgh for a long time as their base defense nose tackle. The difference between the two is Carter can stay in and actually rush the passer from the middle and give you all of the things Benton can give you uh, in the run game. So here's that's the good news. The good news is hopefully there will be good players who can help the Jaguars in the second round, which is my uh, second and third round, which is my favorite part of the draft. Here's the bad news. The bad news is the Jaguars would normally have a crack at both of them. They won't now for good reason. They traded for Calvin Ridley uh, in the, the trade deadline of 2022. It's a conditional trade that a lot of people are getting confused. I will iron out the difference, uh, the difference in what people are out there reporting based on what I think I know about this situation. I'll tell you why. And then I'll tell you how the Jaguars could possibly still end up with both of those players if they quote unquote no pun intended play their cards right and i'll tell you why in just a second here on locked on jaguars but right now i gotta let you know about today's sponsor which is game time man i love it when it says game time because that means it's go time right it's go time for you to go buy you some tickets but if you waited too long or if your check had to clear, whatever your reason, don't feel bad about it. And people won't give you that, oh, your lack of planning is not my responsibility. It is by all means the responsibility of game time to help you when you've been procrastinating. Because if you know they're there for you, there ain't no rush. Because game time can get you tickets to any event, sporting event, play, concert, whatever it is. They got it because they specialize in last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Even if the event has already started, game time 
can help you where no one else will. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On L O C K E D O N all one word for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Third, final segment here on Locked on Jaguars. We're at your team every day. We always thank you for making us your first listen. All right, we're going to talk about the Calvin Ridley deal and explain it, but I had to put it in context. I wasn't going to do a whole show on a deal that is uh, something that we talked about here locally for uh, maybe 18 months, a year and a half. There's a lot of confusion out there. Some people think that the Jaguars automatically have to give up a first-round pick, I mean a second-round pick, as a part of their compensation when it comes to the trade for Calvin Ridley. We have never understood that to be uh, an, an automatic here. And unless uh, we're interpreting things wrong here in Jacksonville, uh, it's not that cut and dry. If it was that cut and dry, then it would have just happened, right? There were benchmarks that Calvin had to reach in order for the pick to be a third-round pick. He, he reached them all. It was like 75, pay 70% of the snaps, get X amount of catches for X amount of yards. That's done. He did that. So it's a third-round pick uh, to go along with the additional compensation that, uh, that was already received. It's a second-round pick. This is what it says. It's a second-round pick if the Jaguars extend Calvin Ridley. So we have to now go, we have to act like we're a part of a, a hearing at the Supreme Court and we're a politician and go, what do you mean about what, what do you mean by extension? That's, that's the big question. Is him re-signing here after being out in free agency or having the opportunity to go to free agent consider an extension? Or is an extension the franchise tag where he doesn't get the free agency or a contract that didn't already happen where he's extended and that becomes a second round pick. We're of the, we're of the belief that the Jaguars won't tag him, that the tag will be for Josh Allen. I'm also of the belief that the Jaguars wouldn't be tagging him if they had more than one tag and that he'll be able to get out into free agency until the start of the new league year. So folks will go like, well, why would he wait on the Jaguars? Why would he wait on the new league year? If he wants to be here, whether it's written or unwritten or said or unsaid or wink, wink, if he wants to be here and he knows the Jags will pay him, yeah, I'll wait. I'll sign, but I'll wait until after that so we don't have to give up a second round pick. We'll just give him a third round pick if this is where he wants to be. If this is not where he wants to be, definitely if he wants to follow the money, because Calvin Ridley, even though he's 29 years old, is still playing on his rookie contract, just played on a fifth year option. So if he wants to say, show me the money, he has the right to do that. And the Jaguars have a right to let him do that. And they also have the right to let his agent know, at least give us a shot to match whatever. All right. And maybe he doesn't want to move around. We, we are taking out of the fact uh, the, the factor of what does the player want? Uh, the one thing I know he wants is money, all right? And I know the Jaguars are willing to give it to him. A lot of people I respect are saying, just give up the second, I don't care, I don't worry about it. And now I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Because regardless of what you think, it's a minimum of a third-round pick. One of the two picks I wish they had, but not at the, you know, I'm glad they took a, a look-see on Calvin Ridley, got the one-year of production, and allowed them to, to determine whether or not they want to keep them up. That's a choice that they paid for. I think they ought to ex exercise that choice. But let me tell you what goes into that choice. The difference between a third round pick. So consider this. They're already going to give up a third rounder, right? 
What's the difference between that and a second rounder? When you consider they also have to pay him. And that's the key. They also have to pay him. Because many teams are reluctant to trade for players that have the tag. And I'm going to get that. Now, stay with me now because I'm going to explain it to you. When a team tags a guy, like when the Jaguars uh, tag Josh Allen, you don't think Josh Allen is worth the first round pick? What if you're picking 28th? What if you're like Buffalo is picking 28th or Arizona is picking 27th? You know why people just don't say the hell with that first round pick? I'm going to sign him. I see what he is. He's an all pro. Do you know why they don't do that? Do you know why people expect T. Higgins, who's going to be tagged as a first rounder? Well, do you know why Kansas City? Might not go after T. Higgins because teams hate giving up high picks and, I said and, not or, giving up high picks and having to pay the guy that you gave up the high pick for. They hate it. Teams, absolutely. That's why there's very little, you you often don't even hear about teams doing that. And then some people will say, well, teams don't like doing it because the other team has seven days to match and it holds up the money. Ain't nobody worrying about those seven days, man, and that cap space. And you can you can look at that team's situation, the other team that that has the player under the tag, and you can design a contract that you know that they'll have a hard time matching by front loading it and making the money all a lot of the money hit the hit the salary cap in the first year. But that's not why teams don't do it. Teams hate giving up compensation and paying for people. Unless it's somebody like Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers, because you're talking about a Hall of Fame level player and you think you're close. Right. That's why teams do that. But listen. It's not about, well, who will the Jags get at 48? As opposed to who they can get at 81 or 80, which is the when they pick the difference between the second and third rounder is what I'm looking at. So what's the difference? What does it cost if we sign him this day versus that day? Right? The difference between the two is the four, based on the, the, the trade scale, the NFL value scale, the second round pick the Jaguars have is worth 420 points. The third round pick, and I'm only doing this because somebody told me this is exactly what they do. The third round pick. Now consider this. The third round is already gone. It's not yours. It belongs to the Falcons at a minimum. The difference between those two picks is 235 points. The third round pick has a value of 195 points. The second round pick has a value of 420 points. The difference is 235 points, uh, if my math is correct. 235 points is exactly what the 71st pick in the draft is worth. So here's my, the 71st pick in the draft is like the the second or the third pick in the third round. That's what it worth. So let's just say if you were Atlanta and you're sitting there and, and you, you say the difference between, well, if you're Jacksonville, the difference between signing Calvin Ridley, the difference between signing him before the trade deadline or before the new league year, is whoever the 71st pick is in this year's draft on our board. If I don't, I get to keep the equivalent of that and just give up a third rounder if I wait. So I looked on PFF's big board, and I know it's not exact because it's not the boards that the teams will use. But I'm going to give you about seven or eight names this year 
that are in that area of what they're talking about. Now, these, this doesn't mean that these are guys that Jaguars will be able to take in the third round. Remember, the third round pick's gone. But it is the equivalent of what it costs if you take him a day before, the, if you sign Calvin Ridley the day before or the day after the league year. All right? One player I ain't interested in, Johnny Wilson. I'm a Florida State fan. I don't want Johnny Wilson on my team in the NFL. Even though I like him as a player and I appreciate it, I, I think that there's a difference between liking a guy. It's like liking Tyler Hansborough at UNC. Yeah, but I don't want him on my team in the NFL. What a guy did in college and what he's capable of, Jordan Travis loving to death, don't want the Jaguars to take him to be a quarterback in the NFL. And fandom, college fandom gets run amok sometimes. The difference is this. Here's Xavier Leggett, Jamari Thrash, the, the edge I really love uh, at, at Kansas, Booker. All right. Malachi Corley, Braden Fiske. That's what the 235 points according to PFF's big board, means if you sign him a day before, the value of those guys is the difference. And you got to pay him. So now you wonder, you understand that there is a difference because those guys are expected to be able to help somebody's team. Now, granted, those guys are not the players that the Jaguars would be getting because we're not talking about that. We're talking about what is the value of the difference between signing a player a day before the league year and a day after the league year. And that's the difference. And that's why to the Jaguars, it might be worth the risk to allow some team to outbid them and overpay them because they'll keep the value of what one of those players is. So I hope that helps you guys understand it a little bit more, that there's a lot of value placed on guys like that and i know everybody's gonna say well man it depends on how good how good trent balky can pick you're right so here's what i'll do i'll go back again and i'll look at um guys that were chosen in that area in that 71 ish type area just from a year ago just from a year ago, as I do this right now, I'm going to round three, the top of round three up in that area. You see guys like Tyler Steen, Sidney Brown, who plays, uh, of course, Hendon Hooker doesn't matter. Uh-oh, Nathaniel Dell by the Texans was chosen right there in that same area. Garrett Williams. You see where I'm coming from? Tucker Craft, Byron Young, Josh Downs. Tajay Spears, the running back, who's going to be running back one over uh, in Tennessee in our own division. Tank Bigsby was chosen in the third round. I know y'all don't want to hear that. But yeah, so this is the thing that you can get. This is the difference. This is the value of the difference with signing him day uh, two uh, to, I mean, before the deadline or after. Ask yourself if it's worth it or not, and you'll have to go from there but plenty of help can be had on day two the jaguars as uh, as we see it here's what they can do y'all want to know how they can get an extra day two pick move down from 17 and post yourself up right there at 27 28 uh, and get maybe an extra second or an extra third they moved down twice last year and still got anton harrison so the world didn't end by them moving down uh the world ain't gonna end either but i still appreciate y'all coming here to watch locked on jaguars on tomorrow Make sure you do it because we always take the time out to give you the best and hopefully you give me yours too. Until tomorrow, take care.